have four chairs up here because we're going to fill those chairs with amazing people. So I'm going to ask my panel to come up. My worshippers. We all worshippers. Come on up. So great to have you. Come on up, Adam. And Sam is the fourth one. I'm not sure where Pastor Sam is. He's on his way. He's drying off after worship. Awesome. Give him a hand as he comes. Praise the Lord. Can we all say God is good? God is good. So we are going to be carrying on today and we're going to be talking about the power of corporate worship. Why, we, why it's not good enough to just worship in your lounge alone, which is a fantastic thing to do. Why do we need to come together in order to worship God? So Lord, I want to pray that as we discuss this this concept today, Lord God, that your, your revelation will hit each and every one of us. Your power to, to be brought into the fullness of who we are meant to be in you would come to us, Lord God. I'm asking, Lord God, that today we would be led into a greater revelation of your goodness, Lord God. And praise and worship would become a lifestyle for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. So I want to start with a particular story, and it is found in 1 Samuel. It's a fascinating story. It's the story of the first king of Israel. His name was Saul. He started off, off fantastically, didn't end so well, but we're going to start off in the fantastic part of his life. He has been called by the prophet Samuel to be the king. He is totally nervous. He's like, how on earth can I do that? And we catch up as Samuel is talking to him and allaying his fears and insecurities. We catch up in 1 Samuel chapter 10 from verse 5. This is how it goes. After that, Samuel talking to Saul, after that you shall come to Gibeath Elohim, where there is a garrison of the Philistines. And there, as soon as you come down to the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with harp, tambourine, flute, and lyre before them prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. How many of you would like to be turned into another man? I, no, all the women here know you're going to be turned into another woman. But the, the principle is here that there, were, there was a man who was unable to fulfill his call. And yet there was this environment of praise and worship that was created by these prophets that allowed him to come in there and have an encounter with the living God. And in that encounter, he was changed into what he needed to be in order to fulfill the call of God on him. One of the greatest um, aspects of corporate praise and worship is that in corporate praise and worship, we have an encounter with the living God. The the prophetic nature that is released in that allows us to see like we've never seen before, allows us to hear like we've never hear, heard before, allows us to experience God in a way we haven't experienced him before. And in that encounter, no one leaves an encounter with God unchanged. So in that encounter, there is a transfer of God's grace, God's character, God's nature to us, and we become something else. We become more of who we were meant to be. 
Corporate praise and worship creates an environment for personal change. That's why it's important to be together because we transformed by the experience of praising God together. A famous intercessor said this, praise until the spirit of worship comes. Worship until the spirit of glory comes. And then stand in the glory until you're changed. Stand in the glory until you're changed. So in light of this, I want to ask Punehi. This is Punehi. She is one of our praise and worship leaders. She's actually also our director of communications. I know, isn't that amazing? You didn't know we had a director of communications. I mean, that sounds so impressive because she is impressive. She is also a CA and a remarkable worshiper of God. She, she comes from our Vintook Church originally and just is a powerful woman of God. So we, oh, oh, and before that Grahamstown, which we're, is where Pastor Sam also comes from. There's, there's friendly rivalry going on here in case you didn't know. But we're all from Joburg, the best city in the world. So Punehi, I, wa- I want to ask you, how, in light of what I've shared, what, what are your thoughts about this, the fact that corporate worship together changes us? And how have you personally experienced this? Fantastic. Thank you, Pastor C. Good morning, church. Um, Yeah, just to answer that question, how um, worship has sort of transformed my life, how corporate worship has transformed my life, I'd like to start by just sort of sharing my testimony. So I didn't grow up in a Christian family, probably went to church once a year or so. Um, And so when I moved to Grahamstown, yay Grahamstown, um, (laughs) the Every Nation sort of campus ministry was really, um, really really in the university and that's sort of how I encountered them. Um, They invited me to church, and then when I walked into the service, um, people were just worshiping. I've I've never really, I had never really seen that. People were just worshiping, hands in the air, and that really struck me because it felt like they were worshiping God, like a real, something that was real, like a real God, Um, and that just struck my heart, and I was just like, I, I want this. I want whatever this is, and so I remember then coming back to the service the second time around, and I was just like, I'm just going to do what people do. I'm just going to worship. And then I sort of just, while I was worshiping, I just got tongues. Um, I started speaking in tongues, and I was just like, what is this? But it's so amazing. Um, And yeah, and then I know, like, after that experience, I I wanted everything that was of God. I was so hungry, and I was just like, God, all of you, I wanted all. I got plugged into Connect. I, I got baptized in water, and I was just like, I want God. Um, And then just also continuing from that, um, I would then also just like worship in my room and I, because I was just that hungry and I really wanted God. And what I saw worship do was also sort of transform my heart and my mind. And as I began to sort of read the words, like scripture, sorry, as I began to read scripture, um, some of the worship that I had listened to, the words then would come to me from, from the worship songs. And I was like, what? This is like in scripture, it's biblical. And it sort of also made me sort of then remember like scripture and meditate on it. And that's sort of how my life was transformed. And I'm, yeah, never gone back. I really love the Lord. I really love to worship. It's completely transformed my life. Yeah. So great, Funehi. Thank you for that. Um, and we're going to have you 
leading worship many times, so so good to get to know you. Um, now we have Adam. <laughs> well. <laughs> Adam heads up our Compassion Ministry, believe it or not. He's also involved in our youth. He is a remarkable minister. He he also is a remarkable musician. When he first arrived here at this church, you you couldn't play guitar. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so well, yeah, yeah. but now, but now he, he plays fantastically and I uh, believe you're learning another instrument. Is that right, Adam? Uh, I'll, I'll think okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mustn't steal his story. I see I'm stealing his story. Sorry. <laughs> um, also, just uh, an incredible man of faith. Really admire the faith that is on this man. It's, it's evidenced by his diligence and his commitment to the kingdom and to the church. So Adam, also, in light of how corporate worship changes us personally, how have you experienced this? What are your thoughts about this? Um, yeah, my thought, okay, let me get there. Um, you, you mentioned something about, you know, when I first came and, you know, not being so great on the instrument and all, um, but that took me back to, I think, where... Um, I really experienced, you know, true authentic worship. And um, I remember it all started in a parking lot. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, just, we just finished, um, you know, church and I was about to leave. I was about to go home. And I remember Terrence was right there. It was just, um, he used to be, yeah, Terrence was just like, hey, um, what are you doing? Um, yeah, well, you got plans? Uh, like no <laughs> and then um we rocked up in his place and you know we had lunch and you know we started worshiping i mean we were playing instruments i mean we were singing and it just felt real and different like i never had experienced something like that um you know i'm just used to you know you know praising my own time my own space which is great um however um it just felt a different kind of anointing and different kind of awareness of God's presence, you know, in that space. So um, it all boils down to who we are and how God creates us. You know, we're, we're meant to be in community. We're, remember, like, even the word corporate means, like, body, you know, we're body of Christ. So, you know, when, we, when we're together, you know, and we, we worship, there's just a different level. The atmosphere is just, you know, different. And for me personally, I just, you know, experience this peace you know, experience a deeper love, you know, and I'm able to reciprocate that love, feel more vulnerable in his presence. And, um, you know, obedience just comes easy, you know. And, um, yeah, and, you know, just, and also, I mean, there's just that level of joy. Like, come to think about it, like many of us, you know, I mean, you know, you wake up this morning like, oh, my gosh, it's so cold and nice and cozy. I don't want to go to church, but, yeah. But you still make it, right? I mean, and you had like a hectic week, but I mean, just after worship, there's just a renewal of energy and renewal of your faith, and you're just ready to go, you know. I mean, there are many times at work, I mean, you know, I rock up on a Monday, I'm just like, my energy is like 100 100% going, just because I had a great Sunday, you know. And, you know, people just keep, you know, your colleagues ask you, well, how are you able to do it? Like, I mean, Monday is meant to be the depressing day, I mean, of the week. But, I mean, you got all this energy and you're ready to go. And then it just rubs off and, you know, around everyone. And, you know, it's just amazing. And I've also seen it now, you know, when we, when we rock up to, you know, rehearsal, like, you know, just remember that that's like in the middle of the week. You just had like such a hectic 
day. You knocked off, you know, late from work because you had so many deadlines, but you still come together. You know, you just feel that presence. Everybody, you know, just has a tone, a lesson. There's a word, you know, and when it comes together, there's just this optimal joy that, you know, words can't really explain. And then the abundance just flows right from it. So, yeah. Come on, Rob. So cool. Adam, that's such a great introduction to our next point that we're going to be emphasizing because there's another fascinating story in the Bible. I don't know if you've read it before, but it really, it's one of those like eye-opening stories. It's kind of like, could this really have happened? Well, yes, it did. And it's the story of when three nations attacked the small little nation of Judah, and they, not knowing what to do, appealed to the Lord. It's like, Lord, come and help us. It's Jehoshaphat, who was then the head of that nation, made this prayer. He said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. A great prayer. I pray it often. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And then they got the strategy to go to war with these three nations by sending the worship leaders out first, the worshipers out first. And here we pick up the story in Second Chronicles from verse 20. And when Jehoshaphat had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end on the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to that spoil, they found among them in great numbers goods, clothing, and precious things, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. They were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. An absolutely impossible situation turned into an absolutely fabulous, fabulous environment. The enemy just destroying himself before the worshipers of God. Corporate worship does something spectacular. Corporate worship, corporate praise and worship creates an environment for societal transformation. How does it do this? How does it do this? Because when we're together, Adam, what you shared is so powerful, is that our, all of our faith, all of our thoughts are all united. It's like we are, we are centered on the same thing, the goodness and the glory of the Lord. As a result, the corporate faith rises. As a result, we just see more of the supernatural. At the same time, there is this there is this environment that of the awareness of God's presence, the glory of God that doesn't just stay in this, this environment. It actually pushes back the forces of darkness. It actually destroys the strongholds of a region. It means that as we worship, literally in the houses around here, in the environment around, around here, the forces of darkness are retreating. Which means that people who are in the area of our worship are experiencing greater freedom. Their ability to choose God, to choose Christ, to, to make 
make decisions towards righteousness and wholeness is enhanced. Their bondage is released. They, they are able to follow God more. In other words, righteousness comes into our environment. Praise and worship is not just a nice thing we do. It's a weapon in our hands that pushes back evil so that our entire society is better because we did it. It's the whole society, even people who don't know Jesus, are better off because we worshipped here this morning. I have some, some quotes here by, name of, by someone by the name of Plato, a very, very old man, ancient Greek philosopher. Yeah, he's, he's been dead for a long time. So even if I misquote him, he won't complain, but I'm not misquoting him. He said this, let me write the songs of a nation and I care not who writes its laws. Why? Because there's also something powerful that happens when we all sing and declare the goodness of God and scripture and, and the, the truth. It means that as we're singing something you said, Punehi, that is so powerful, it reorganizes our minds to think the way we think the way the words that we're singing imply. In other words, what we sing is embedded in our hearts far faster than what we hear. So when we come together and we sing out scripture, we sing out the goodness of God, what's happening is actually God is rewiring your brain to think right, to see right, to experience right. Another great quote from a man who is absolutely alive, and I love him to bits. I quote him often, especially to my children. His name is Andrew Gosman. He said this, when we learn to live a lifestyle of spirit-led surrender and true worship in all we do, then our corporate worship will release the authority and atmosphere of heaven with revelation, renewal, refreshing, and revival to displace the demonic with a deluge of the divine. Can you all say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all say deluge of divine. It rolls off the tongue so beautifully. Thank you, darling. Deluge of the divine. That's what we're going for today, Lord, is a deluge of the divine. So, Pastor Sam, those of you who don't know Pastor Sam, he is heads up our worship ministry in this church. He is an incredible businessman who's just about to get his MBA, I believe. I believe that thesis is handed in. And he um, also, he, right from Grahamstown days, I believe, has been a leader in every nation in various forms and just is a, an incredible father, husband, and lover of Jesus. And I did say he was our worship pastor. I'm getting, I'm getting hints from the back here. They, they're prompting me. And our heads up our worship ministry is our worship pastor. So, Pastor Sam. In light of everything I've said, what are your thoughts and how have you experienced this personally? Sure. So I, there's a story in Mark chapter 6, which is really interesting. Um, it's when Jesus goes home to Nazareth and, um, you know, the people started saying, but hang on, where did this man get this wisdom? Um, what are these remarkable miracles that he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? the brother of Jesus, Judas and Simon. Um, and Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. And here's the clincher verse. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few 
people, sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Um, you know, it's, it's a bad day for Jesus when only a few, day, only a few people get, get healed. Um, but for me, the, the, the powerful part about the story is that the lack of faith in the people's hearts constricted the Lord's ability to move. And so if that's true, the opposite is also true, right? So, so if I come with my faith and my heart is open, I'm allowing Holy Spirit to move. And, you know, we were, we were talking about it um, at practice on Thursday about how we as a team, we want to come with our hearts full. And in fact, um, more than just full, um, you know, uh, Luke chapter 6 verse 38 is given, it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, poured into your lap. And so our heart as a worship team is that when we come here, we're so full of the Lord that it's running over and it's flooding over, right? So if I'm having like a week where I'm just trusting God for healing and I'm believing that he's a healer and I don't even share it with Adam and I say, hey, Adam, Good to see you, bro. But I'm spilling, right? So I've got faith, and it's just running over. And so my faith for healing spills into Adam's heart, and suddenly he's believing harder for his friend who's ill, right? Adam, in the meantime, he's been praying, God, thank you that you're a provider. I believe you, and he's just had a miracle in his finances. And he says, hey, Sam, how are you doing? He doesn't even say it, but all of a sudden he's spilling over his faith for financial blessing into my heart, right? And, and, and so that's what I feel like we do when we come together in corporate worship, is that our individual worship, as we're flowing over with it, we're spilling into each other's hearts, right? And, and, and just an anointing is so much stronger. It's that whole kind of idea of synergy, that the whole is more than the sum of the parts, that, that we come together and we worship as, as, as a collective, that, that, that is just so strong in our anointing. Um, and so some of what I've seen is, is you know, for me, the, the most frequent example of this, of, of the, the, the weight of the, the presence of the Lord when we're together, is, is, is probably hearing, um, I think both Punehi and, and Carol have touched on it already, just, it's like, my spiritual ears are so much more open <laughs> during worship, you know, and my heart is just so much more open, you know, so, so I find um, just ideas, just the, the perspective of heaven, you know, you come in and there's that colleague that's giving you a hard time at the office and you suddenly come in to corporate worship and suddenly you're like, oh, but if I just say this to that person, I'm sure that will release it. And you do that on Monday and voila, you know, um, God has moved because our ears are more open in, in, in corporate worship. Our hearts are more open as well. You know, we can come in tired, weary. And like Adam was saying, we leave refreshed. We leave just um, excited about who God is and what, what he's got for our lives. So that's almost like for me, like level one. Um, and, and most common, so, so like 90% of the time I'm in corporate worship, I'm hearing from the Lord, my heart is changing. Um, I think the next level is just the, the physical manifestations, right? So, so people coming into a worship set 
And just by worshiping this healings, um, this breakthrough in their lives. I remember one, one session, it was actually at a, at a, at a student conference where uh, TK and Lilo will be uh, uh, ministering next weekend. Um, student conferences are amazing. <laughs> and, and um, you know, I was just doing my job, singing songs and worshiping the Lord. And then, you know, just out of the, the congregation, um, after worship, somebody's like, Guys, I came in here with my leg. It was like really aching. I think I sprained it. And just during worship, God instantaneously healed my, my leg. I wasn't even asking for that. I wasn't even praying. But just the presence of God, and, and, and Pastor Andrew loves to touch on this, just the presence of God pushes out the presence of the enemy, right? And so, and so sometimes we're carrying whatever we're carrying that's not of God. And even if we're not praying against it, just the Lord's presence just pushes that stuff out. And it's just, and it's just fantastic. Um, and, then, and then kind of the, 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 the higher level that I feel like God is taking us as a, as a global church is exactly what Pastor Carol was talking about, about our ability to change the atmosphere over cities just because we're worshiping, just because we're praying, you know? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm trusting that, that, you know, we'll start hearing reports that, you know, on Sunday something weird happens. Like people that were critical in hospitals, they just suddenly wake up and they're fine. Like the police are like, there's no crime on Sundays. What's going on? You know, because we as the the body of Christ are changing the atmosphere over our cities, you know? And, and, and I really believe that that's, what, that's where God is taking us. So I like to think about worship beyond this room, right? So as we're getting together here, we're not just affecting what's happening in this room, but it's spilling all over this, this city. So, yeah. Oh, my word, me. that's fantastic. Can we just sit in that for a moment? Can you imagine what could happen? What could happen in the city because of our worship today? Lord, we ask. Lord God, I stand with that declaration. We declare over, over Johannesburg dramatic transformation as we worship you, Lord God. We're asking that you would, you would take our worship and, and use it to, Lord God, just clear the, the airwaves over, Jeho over Johannesburg, Lord God, to make it new, Lord God. Father God, that righteousness would settle in and make Johannesburg its home, Lord God, that we would, we would live in a city filled with the glory of God. Lord God, this is what we're believing for. Come and do it in our midst, Lord. Thank you, Father. Sure. Amen. Sure. And finally, we have Pastor Handsome right here. <laughs> you may not know this, but the first worship leader for every nation, Joburg, is sitting right here, Andrew Gosman. It's, it's how I fell in love with him, sitting in the middle of the church, worshiping and keeping one eye open for that really handsome guy on the guitar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... Um, Obviously, Andrew and I are married. We're the senior pastors of this church. And Andrew has just done spectacular things. Just, he, he, um, he understands how the spirit realm works like few people I know. And he's able to navigate that in a way that is spectacular so that people are freed, that the presence of God comes. Besides being just a phenomenal preacher and all-round glorious husband, he is just very, very understanding of how God works in nations and in people's hearts. So, darling, in light of that, uh, wow. what do you have to say about this? 
Well, I feel like I need to say lots of good things about you as well, but for the sake <laughs> when, of time. When we get, when we get home. Okay. When we get home. <laughs> so, friends, thank you, guys. Really powerful, powerful. I think you'll realize part of what we want to accomplish in this worship series is not that we sing better on a Sunday, but that we realize the power of what God created through us being worshipers, the worship that continues way into heaven that John saw in Revelation, but also to have a faith, which Carol and Pastor Sam have alluded to, that our worship is not just about us singing songs on a Sunday, but it's changing the atmosphere around us, in us, etc. And there are many examples of this, but we had to learn this when we first went to Namibia. In fact, we we would find, as, as I was leading praise and worship, people were literally having demons coming out of them in our service. It was quite interesting. I don't know if you remember those days. But, um, but what we were doing outside of that is we felt, let's do spiritual warfare over a city that was run strongly by Freemasonry. Satanism was an accepted religion. They had halls they met in and all the rest. And, and so we decided we would do spiritual warfare against what the enemy was doing. And man, did we just experience attack after attack after attack, things going wrong. And we were like, we must be doing something right. And God started to speak to us. And by spiritual warfare, you mean prayer. We were like pulling down strongholds. Yes. We were attacking demons, etc. So we would march around the Freemason building. We are pulling down that spirit of Freemasonry over Vintook and Man, we nearly got killed. Someone nearly did get killed the next day. And, and, and we were like, what's going on? And, and God started to speak to us through people like Graham Cook, Dana McCullum, uh, John Paul Jackson, prophetic leader from the vineyard who just passed away recently. But that, that actually this principle of displacement is far more powerful. When you go home at night, I shared this last week, you don't fight the darkness, you turn on the light. And that something happens in an area when we as the church just bring the light. Psalm 149, I don't have time to read it, but it speaks about as we have the high praises of God in our mouth, he goes and binds the kings and nobles, the enemies, with fetters and of iron. And, and, you know, it talks about the fact that our praise actually transforms the environment. It shuts down what the demonic is doing. Um, what we started to do then is we got this word, let's just worship. So our intercessory gatherings became just worship. We started to go out in groups and walk around the city. It was under the banner of Bless the City, and we would just go around releasing the presence, the power, the anointing, and the blessing of God wherever we went, and things changed. The church started to grow. The attack started to disappear. Um, we, we, we also, you know, this, there's a place in, in the U.S. called IHOP, and it's not the International House of Pancakes. It's actually the <laughs> International House of Prayer, but they have 24-7s, and there are 24-7 places of prayer in many cities who are seeing exactly what Sam spoke about. The crime levels decreasing, the, the presence and atmosphere of God transform. We want to transform the city of Joburg. And of course we do that through evangelism and one-on-one -on -one and reaching people. But something happens in the atmosphere. In one of our worship conferences, one of our prophetic leaders, Jim Critcher, got this vision. And we were in Rosebank with, the, with all our churches coming together. And he said, I saw this dark blanket being lifted off of Johannesburg purely through your worship. And he said the entire atmosphere of this city is changing because of this worship conference. 
And I feel like God wants us to have this increased faith that we are bringing this displacement, that when we worship, we are, we are so much creating the atmosphere of heaven that nothing else, no darkness can remain in that place. And let's have a faith for that. And our property, when we get it, friends, we are going to start a 24-7 place of prayer, worship, praise. And uh, so be trusting with us for that because we want to do this, not just talk about it. Amen. Amen and amen. So let's not just talk about it. Let's do this. So we're going to end with, with praise and worship because corporate praise and worship creates an environment for personal change, change and societal transformation. Can we do that? So let's all stand up. Worship team, you're welcome to come back. Did you notice we only did two songs at the beginning? Were you disappointed? Yes, me too. But that's because we left two songs for the end. How's that? Can you just lift your hands up or can you assume a position that, that speaks with your body that I'm receiving something from Jesus? Lord God, I ask. I ask that, that right now, Lord God, faith for transformation would come. Lord God, I pray that each of us, Lord God, would be worshiping because we see your glory as a response to the absolute magnificence of who you are. Lord God, we lift you up. We extol your name. We proclaim you as good and great and glorious, Lord God. Thank you, Father God, that that, Lord God, for some reason, you're not ashamed of us. For some reason, you've just chosen us, Lord God, and we celebrate that. We celebrate that. Lord God, we come to you and we, we enjoy you with our whole hearts. We lift you up. We give you adoration. We give you the highest worth, Lord God, and we sit at your feet to receive everything we need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. focus on Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We become aware of your presence that is around us. We open our hearts because we are real people worshiping a real God. We open ourselves to you as you have opened up yourself to us, Lord God. We proclaim you as the only one worthy of our worship, Lord God. Thank you, Father. And we come with a living heart that has been transformed by your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you made us alive when we were dead. You found us. You found us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let it go.
Let's give him a round of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, Lord. So good to meet with our Father. So good to meet with the one who made us, the one who saved us. <laughs>
take what you've learned today. And if you're not in a connect group, won't you just um, see Pastor Musa at the visitor's table and she'll help you get connected. But, but let's drill down on this truth in our connect groups. Let's, let's live this together. Let's, let's cause all of our lives in community to be effective in Jesus Christ. So if you're not part of that, we would love to connect you. We'd love to make what you experience here today your everyday experience. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give Him your peace. Give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.